The JLab JBuds line has something for everyone. Like the JBuds Mini, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. Fits on your keychain. Perfect for on the go. They come in five amazing colors. Or the JBuds Air Sport. True wireless sport earbuds that have a secure fit, are sweatproof, and have be aware mode that allow you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. With over 44 hours of playtime, they help you conquer the hardest workouts. Use the code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts at eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. I mean, come on, guys. What's not to love? Well, the parts you need at the prices you want, it's so easy to bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Volume. What's going on, y'all? Welcome in, welcome in to a brand new episode of Snaps. Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. I uh, hope you got a great day planned. Let's go have ourselves fun last time. We're going to be doing this in 2023. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be 2024, like something out of a sci-fi Ooh. movie. We've finally made it. Uh, I'm T. By Maybear. He's Aaron Murray. This is Snaps. YouTube.com slash at Volume Snaps. Hit the like button. Subscribe. 11.9. Hell yes. Mm. Almost up to 12K, boys. We're looking for 12.5 by the Natty. Let's go. Um, today, we're going to do... Here's what we got on the docket today. We're going to talk UGA, FSU to start and some of Kirby's comments, Ole Miss, Penn State, Ohio State, Zoo. And maybe some thoughts on Maryland and Auburn. And then if we have any final college football playoff thoughts, we get to that as well. As always, want to hear from you in the chat, and we'll be getting to your comments also. Aaron, what's up, man? How we feeling? Uh, how we feeling today? Good. What's up? Uh, down in Miami, last couple hours before we head back to Atlanta. And uh, we were we were on the fence yesterday of going to, to the game and uh, <laughs> ended up not going. We went yeah, to smart. Movie. Yeah, we went, we went to some... Uh, God, what was the movie? Some chick flick at about one o'clock. It ended perfectly to the start of the Georgia game. So I was able to get back to the hotel, watch the game before we went to dinner. So that was nice. And uh, my wife just kept looking up like, there's no way in hell I would have enjoyed that football game. No. So I was like, yeah, it's like, that's why we didn't go. I knew it was going to be a blowout. So uh, ended up being a good day. Got all the all, got all the games in while also spending some quality time with her. You're on a little vacay in Miami. So uh, yeah, good, a good weekend of football. Okay, um, chat, chat, we're not even five minutes in the show, and you're already out of line. Like, I know that we have a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans that listen to this, but if you are trying to flex over, like, what the fuck did you learn yesterday as a Bulldog fan? Like, did you not think that you could already smash Florida State's second and third string? I mean, that's what you did. Sometimes even fourth string because the third string guy transferred. Like, like, what the fuck are we talking? There's all these comments like MSU fans are like, you know, what are y'all talking? Like that, that yesterday's game, let's be completely clear, clear about this. Yesterday's game was a waste of time for everybody involved. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron yeah. didn't even go. Yesterday, it, yeah. it, it meant nothing, it proved nothing to Georgia. Well, and even Kirby knew that too. Even Kirby yeah. knew it too. I mean, yeah. I don't know if we had the audio from that, but I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get to like Kirby, Kirby's statements after the game. Was was for 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 essentially a shot at all of college football? Like, what what the hell are we doing here? So, like, what, okay, what so, are we truly doing when this team is 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 playing with with half their roster? Like, college football needs to change. That that was a pointless game yesterday. 
So here's the exact quote, and then let's talk about it. Uh, quote, people need to see what happened tonight, and they need to fix this. It needs to be fixed. It's really unfortunate for those kids on that sideline. They had to play in that game. They didn't have their full arsenal. It affected the game 100%. Yeah, I mean, beyond affected the game, it was the game. Um, So I agree with Kirby. Last night, uh, like I said, was a waste of time yesterday afternoon Mm -hmm. and unfair for everybody involved. Unfair for George as well because these are NFL players exposing themselves to injury risk for, for what reason? to go through the motion so that somebody can collect the money that's generated by a bowl game. Um, the problem is what do you fix? What do you fix? I think, what, I think like, there's a- because the whole thing was they got left out of the playoff. Yeah. If, no, if I know. And, the and playoff, that's a worry. It would be playing. And Kirby said, like, like, it's not going to change. It's not going to change next year because all of a sudden we have, we have more playoff games. There's still like a, the college football. He said, I think he said it well, like he didn't, he didn't have a solution, but he just, he kind of hit the problem. Like, College football needs to make a decision. Do you give a damn about bowl games? Because it's only going to get worse with an extended playoff because there's going to be more playoff games earlier on. Obviously, more of a focus from a fan standpoint of watching those games, what those games mean compared to the rest. So you you, 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 you kind of season's been awesome, though. No, it has been. I think the games have been great. But I think some of the bigger games like you have seen, like there's been a, a – a huge difference of what a team looks like because of certain talent that's not there. The calendar is a mess. Like I think we both agree. Like, the calendar has really affected this because there are players that should be playing their final game with their university before hitting the transfer portal. There's one in the playoffs that won't be playing them all for Texas yeah. and, and their backup quarterback. That's fair. That that had to make the decision that we need to hit the portal now because it, it closes on January 3rd. So like, we can't wait till after our team plays. Florida State has some guys not in the portal. Obviously, Georgia has guys in the portal. Ohio State the other night. I mean, watching that game, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, but you know, watching that offense, who was a shell of themselves from what they were this season. I'm not saying they were a great offense by any means, but to get three points because your quarterback had to hit the portal, your receiver opted out, had a couple other guys opt out and, and or transferred to, to different locations – like, like to me, that's another thing too for Ohio State fans watching that game, saying like, "Why are we watching this game when we know all of our talent that was based on this year's team is elsewhere or opting out to get ready for the NFL?" Yeah, so the portal thing can be solved with a calendar change, right? Yes. Um, and the playoff thing, in theory, is solved because you will never have a candidate which such a strong case like FSU gets snubbed again. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. even though there will be a fan base, that's like number 12 or 13. That's like, ah, oh, we should be in. Everybody's gonna be like, well, you have three losses. This team has three losses. Like, shut the fuck up. You're not yep. going to like, no one's going to believe that you deserve to be there necessarily. Um, but, but this does speak uh, to something larger in general, right? Which is a lot of the power players, the movers and shakers of college football, seem to be um, intimating that change is coming, that big change is coming. Uh, I, I don't know when, but after Kirby's comments and him feeling calm enough to say stuff like that, uh, it feels a bit like... We're having more and, and more coaches and, make comments, though. I think that's a big move, too. Like, you had the Chip Kelly comments from a couple of weeks ago from UCLA. Yeah. Obviously, Har- Harbaugh's made some comments about you know certain aspects, especially when it comes to 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 revenue split with the players. Now you have Kirby Smart making a statement. Um, I mean, there's numerous high-profile coaches that are now kind of getting it out there to the world, their feelings about how the system's being run, how we feel like it could be better for, for the university, for the players, for us, for college football in general. Like, like it's, it's crazy because college football was great this year. It was terrific. Like, I think we can agree, like, this was a really fun season, and college yeah. football's in a decent spot right now. Like, it's not dying by any means. But there are still major holes that, that it could be even better. And I think that's exciting. Like college football could be a lot better than what it even is right now. But changes do need to be made because this is this has been a fun bowl season, don't get me wrong, but it still could be a lot better. And yesterday's game is the perfect example of why it could be better. Like that should not have been a, a, a one of the most historic yeah, but, bowl games. But, the orange no, bowl should but, not be sixty-three to three. That yeah, game should yeah, not be sixty-three to three. No, no, you're right. You're right. But again, this is a unique instance. Like, we've never, like, yeah, the portal affected this because instead of the second string playing a lot of times, maybe you're down to, like, third and fourth string. But, like, the starters left because they got fucked by Pooh Corrigan yeah. and this DFP. 
Um, and if you think that this proves anything about the playoff committee's original selection, like if you just think Bama should have been in originally, right? And you just think they're better just off the jump. I disagree, but that's okay. Like you, you have a valid argument there, right? That's why they got selected. If you try to extend that into using yesterday's game as a platform to launch into and I told you so, shut the fuck up. You're being mm-hmm. dumb and you're being intellectually dishonest. That team yesterday was in no way at all, not even 5% representative mm-hmm. of the Florida State team that went undefeated. And you may say, well, that's the whole point. Team. Well, Jordan, without Jordan Travis, Florida State wasn't Florida State either. And again, that's fine as a conversation for why you put Alabama in. I mean, that's written into the CFP rules. They're allowed to do that. I think it's unfair, mm-hmm. but th- that's all fine and well. But just missing Jordan Travis versus missing your entire roster are two completely different yep. things. So do not be one of those room temperature IQ dummies who's walking around saying, looks like the playoff committee, get it right. Because it proved nothing. Uh, yesterday proved nothing in that regard. And I, and I also don't like the whole the culture thing too, because I think Norville is building a pretty damn good culture there at Florida State. Yeah, I think this yeah. is just this this is just this is just the fact that Florida State has a lot of first round talent that that those guys are one. I mean, sure they're they're upset that they're not the playoffs, but they're making a business decision. Hey, we're first round talent, and we're not. Gonna yeah, play but they would have played if they they would have played in the yes, bro. Exactly, it's but not they would have played in the game if it was a playoff they, game. They they what happened to Florida State? People don't appreciate this. I don't know if FSU ever comes back from this. This is that I I saw this firsthand when we lost Mm -hmm. that natty in 2011. And that was just getting your ass kicked. That wasn't getting fucked over. Like every, it it shattered the less miles tenure at LSU. All the players left, all the young guys left for the league early. They never got back. There was a black pall over the program. Mm -hmm. They could never shake. Like good. So you're telling me you're telling you think you're telling me you think there's a bad culture there at Florida State. No, no, no. I think these guys, these guys, these guys that opted out would have been going to the NFL regardless if they played in the playoffs or not. I think the culture is fine. I think they're. I think the way they recruited, the way they they the the belief for Norvell of of using the portal to get key pieces. I think this is a team that's gonna that's on the rise right now. Like I don't think Florida State falls off the face of the earth next year. I am not. I I hope not. I'm not. I never said bad culture. But they had something so tragic. But that's, been, that's what, but that's what that everyone's saying though is that it's a bad culture. But that's, that's what, what everyone's I mean, saying. Like, oh, Kirby yeah, is a great culture. Novell is a shitty culture. Like, I don't know. That's, that's true what Bulldog not. fans are saying. And that, and yeah. that's and if I have to hear the announcers jerk off Georgia one time for their players playing in this game when they're probably being paid to play in the game, I'm gonna lose my mind. They're being paid to play in the game, guys. And yet the announcers just want to jerk them off 24-7 for playing football. If you pay me 50K for a bowl game, I'll fucking play too, even if I'm going to the league. Get the hell out of here. And I know they still want to play. Georgia has a great culture, but it was so obnoxious and overwhelming. They just kept talking about it yesterday. Maybe you want to turn off the volume to the game. This this is the same. This is the same crew. Who remember I talked to you about after the ACC championship game, the entire ACC championship game, they yeah. kept talking about Florida sure. State and how they didn't look good and how Florida State, uh, <laughs> you know, would struggle in the playoffs and all oh, this Florida State offense is just, oh, it's hard to watch. And as I'm watching the Michigan Iowa game and it's about the same damn score and it's a defensive battle and great elite defensive teams getting at it. Yet this Louisville, AC, uh, you know, ACC championship game, Louisville FSU was the worst game that these guys have essentially ever seen. It's the worst offense they've ever seen. It's like, they, I don't know, man. They just, they, they, uh, the, Tess and, and, uh, and who was the other guy? Jesse just yeah. kind of have it out for FSU a little bit. And, um, I think they burned him a little bit in that, that ACC championship well, game because they kind of sent the message yes. that they don't belong. I like Tess more than most, but he loves narratives, right? And he loves to yes. lean into these narratives. And, Unfortunately, the game didn't provide him a lot of live narratives yesterday, mm-hmm. so he had to constantly fall back on the refrains that he entered the game with. Um, Dro Swervo Chavez Jr., uh, you lame, T-Bob. You always crying on some lame shit. Shut the fuck up, Dro. Get the hell out of here and take a lap, dude. All right. Let, 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 I talked to Sharon about this last night, uh, my wife, over dinner, because you know she was like, man, why was that game so ugly? So obviously I was explaining the whole opt-out thing and you know, trying to, obviously the big issue is how to get guys to 
be incentivized to play in bowl games, especially big time guys. And and we kind of hit on one thing, like you have to change the calendar. Like you have to essentially move the portal to after these games, because you, you, you just, it's hard to fill the roster when, when half of your guys are leaving, half your guys are going. If we're going to get to a point T, where you're, where, where, where players are being compensated directly from the universities, are there, they are employees Mm-hmm. Would you feel comfortable with that? And would you be able to then at that point put it into their contract that in order to get paid, you have to play in this game? Obviously, uh, if you're different, but like if you're healthy, it's part of your contract is hey, I signed an X to your contract with this university. I'm getting paid X dollars. I have to play through the season. Um, I don't I don't think like um I I can't answer that. I think I think the 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 legal ramifications of becoming employees is like way above my head in terms of what I understand or can speak on. Like, I don't, I don't know all the ancillary effects of that. Uh, I, I'll feel comfortable with the cop out answer of major change is coming, Mm -hmm. whether or not they're legally deemed employees. I think there will be some sort of a union that negotiates with whatever the new ruling body of college football is and that there will be something like a CBA in the NFL where all of these things will be codified. What I hope is that when you do break off, because I fully believe football is going to break off, I hope that we can all just be logical and sane and come together to find ways to be like, okay, you know what? Actually, the Pac-12 can come back. And basketball can play basketball. And, you know, uh, USC can play Oregon State. Like, I just hope that we can kind of put that toothpaste back in the tube, but you know, uh, Dobby says the players become employees who regret it. Player controls way more than what they have now. Be careful what we wish for. Yeah, no, absolutely no. Well, I'm no talking it, about this. They're in a bit of a, this is a bit of like a 1849 gold rush situation for the players right now. Yeah. Like, like there's no real rules affecting them legally. They have the power and every time they go up against the NCAA and there's just more and more money being shelled out. So it's like, yeah, that's why everybody wants regulation because everybody feels like it's too crazy. If I'm a player, I'm like, fuck that. I don't want any regulation, dude. Keep it, keep it like it is now because you're maximizing. Well, you don't, you do, but you don't. But like, if you get, if you do get in, in, the ones that are benefiting are the big time players. Like, let's be sure that like, those guys are the ones making the most money. Those are the guys are the ones that are are, are really benefiting from the use of the transfer pool. Not saying like other guys aren't, but like the big time stars are. Like I know a lot of shit pack. players and backups who are getting paid fifty to hundred k, and then getting lured not at, away. Not at every, not at every university, not at every university. There's even a, there's, you have teams like SMU <laughs> where every single player makes seventy five. That's and Texas, Texas Tech. Every single player makes. 50. It's not. I'm just saying it's not across the board. It is not uniform that every player is making a ton of money. There is. I would still think because I, I, I still in the belief that this whole NIL thing and the numbers that are being told, especially like with quarterbacks and how much money they're making and how much these offers are is way overblown, way overblown. If you truly want to get players paid and get everyone, not on the equal playing field, because we know there's always going to be side NIL deals. You need, you, you, you need to essentially get those contracts and get paid from the university. Um. So yeah, we'll, we'll see where this all goes. Major change is coming, obviously. Um, it is funny though. Like I, I, I feel what Kirby's saying, but again, like what's what's the solution? I we've maybe talked about a bit of it today. Um, all right. So that was Georgia, which by the way, Georgia looked awesome. And like, of course, yeah. Georgia's second and third strings are way better than Florida State. Georgia has the best roster in the entire country. They have the best culture, arguably, in the entire country. Probably right behind Alabama. Georgia mm-hmm. lost two games in two years. And they're both to Alabama in the SEC championship. So it's like, again, that's why I say nothing was proven. This game was only interesting if could a full-strength FSU hold up to that great Georgia team. Obviously, the FSU roster is not nearly as built out as Georgia's. Mm-hmm. But congrats to Georgia because everybody that played looked like they were locked in, did their job, kicked ass, just like a championship, a champion and a very good team should. So yeah. again... It it meant it, it like George did an excellent job. When I say the game meant nothing, I just mean in terms of proving things going forward. But Georgia handled their business like a professional should. So good on Kirby and and the dogs. Um, 
All right, let's move on. Uh, Ole Miss, Penn State. Holy crap. Ole Miss beats Penn State 38-25. What a year. And it wasn't even that close, to be honest. No. But what a year for Lane Kiffin and what a statement heading into the offseason. And and look, the 38 points is nice, right? Whatever. I don't give a shit. We always knew Ole Miss could put up points. The thing that jumped off the screen yesterday, Ole Miss was the tougher football team. Yep. They were hitting Penn State. They were laying the wood. They were dictating the trenches. They were kicking their ass. And Penn State may not be very skilled. They may not be very good, but they were tough. And I've seen yeah. them look very tough. That's a badass defense. And yet Jackson Dart, he stood up to those hits and then delivered some hits back of his own. Like that mm-hmm. is, and 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 that's what I never knew about Ole Miss. Could they be tough? There was always an yep. inherent softness. And that's what I come away with yesterday. That's a tough football team, a good football team, a football team that believes, and one that should get a lot tougher and better when you look at all the defensive talent they've added this offseason. Well, and that was the big issue the whole year for Ole Miss. You go back to the game versus Alabama, you go to the game versus Georgia, and they got dominated the line of scrimmage. And, and, and I'm sure Penn State fans heading into this one, I think there was some some chatter too from some Penn State players that, hey, this is a team that we feel like we can essentially outman, outmuscle the line of scrimmage. Like we can get in there and just throw yeah. them around because when they do play <clears throat> teams that are built more in the interior, the Georgia, the Alabamas, you know, what Penn State has kind of built their team on they kind of crumble. So I think you, you saw a Penn State team or felt a Penn State team that was confident they could take care of business. And I agree with you. Like they, they, and it they looked punched like them early. Drive. Yeah, they did. They punched them early and Ole Miss kind of weathered that early storm and then just got better and better and better, better, better throughout the game. So I, Lane Kiffin has completely won the, the, the month of December has won the month of December. I mean, what he's been able to do yeah. from a recruiting standpoint, from a transfer portal standpoint, to getting 11 wins, um, you know, two seasons out of the past three, which he's had double-digit wins, which has never happened there at Ole Miss. You have this elite transfer court, transfer portal class coming in as well uh, with the energy that's been created. You have Jackson back and Juckins back and some of the receivers back. It, it, what's it like? This is just proving to the point of, Ole Miss should be a 12-team playoff. It should be in the playoffs next year. No doubt about it. Like, I love what Lane's doing right now. Yeah, that was confirmed, I think. And then remember the other day we said, but are they actually a national championship contender? And I was like, well, if it's a scale on the further, like, you know, near the far end of the positive scale, is that they're actually a legitimate contender? That moved a little closer to the middle. Like, that feels more realistic now after watching what they did against Penn State yesterday. Because, again, they won in a way that I think – I mean, think about this, Aaron. First drive, I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't placed any bets. Like, I want to just – well, whatever. Like, I, I want somebody to have a little juice in the game. So I hop my DraftKings app. And just because Penn State's rattled off a couple of runs, Ole Miss was plus 10 and a half. Plus 10 and a half. So, they, so there was – so to say yesterday that there was a misconception about who Ole Miss was or could be, I think is accurate. And then yep. Ole Miss basically proved who they could be. Uh, what did you think? About where Jackson put, Dart. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I want to ask you this first. Where, where where's Lane? Your mind as a coach? Because he's he's obviously Lane is waiting on the Alabama job. No, 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 no. I'm not asking where he's going. I'm like, what tier is Lane Kiffin? No, that's what I mean. Is he tier um, two? Is he tier two? Well, this has he got to that point? In America, we don't allow you to ever hit tier one unless you win a national championship. Which maybe maybe that's accurate, right? Maybe tier one should be that yeah. restrictive. But um, yeah, he's he's you would take like line up all the coaches that have not won natties, you would take Lane in the same boat as you would any other one. Brian Kelly, anybody. Yeah. So yes, tier two, but you can't be tier one till you win a natty. I mean, he's taking an old miss program that had never won 10 games in the regular season in its uh, 120 year history. And he's now done it twice in the last two years. And more impressively, or excuse me, twice the last three years. And more impressively, um, two different quarterbacks. Right. But after doing it with Matt Corral, then it looked like, oh, okay, it was just a classic one hit wonder flash in the pan. Everything came together because the next year they start seven and oh, and then they end by losing like five or six in a row. And it was awful. Wheels came completely off to immediately stop that bad momentum, flip it around and then put together an 11 and two year again, 11 wins, something Ole Miss had never done ever. 
that's yeah. I mean, what more does he need to prove? Dude? Well, I think yeah, I think he, he's he's learning, and I've had a couple of games and I've talked to him about this. Like he's learning how to balance building a roster the non-traditional way because he's never going to be able to build a roster like Georgia, Alabama when it comes to high yeah. school recruiting. Yeah, for like, sure. Ole Miss is never going to have. I say never, but you never know. But it, it, it's going to be rare for them to get consistent top ten recruiting classes through the high school ranks. So Lane is kind of has tested the waters more, maybe more than anyone besides maybe Dion of how to build a roster through the portal. And it's a lot of figuring out. And and I, uh, every time I talk to him, it's all about culture, culture, trying to build that culture we just talked about with Georgia and yeah. FSU. Oh. How do I build that culture with a bunch of guys that aren't 18 year old that have been in a different system, that have been in a different culture? And it's a lot of work. He's like, man, it's a lot of talking to former high school coaches. It's a talking to other coaches in the industry that have maybe worked with those players. Obviously talking to mom and dad. Like it's, it's, it's maybe even a, a more uh, in-depth process because these kids are more molded than just grabbing a 17, 18 year old kid and bringing them in and just saying, this is what we do. Learn it now. Um, so I think he's done a great job, but it wasn't going to be perfect at first. And I think he's kind of found his rhythm a little bit. I still wonder. I still do wonder. Mm, like next year's team, ah, there's just a, there's just a volatility there when you're bringing in a bunch of superstars that are getting paid, but you're still trying to get him to work. Like, well, this is the next level because he's, brought, in, he's brought in talent. He's brought yeah. in talent, and he's shown he can make it work through the portal. Can you now be the Yankees and bring in not only just just talent, but elite talent? And make all those guys kind of believe, and I think I do think a win like this and getting to eleven wins it sells kind of a does lot. Of, yeah, it yes. sells a yeah. lot. So like this yeah. is this is our culture. Look what it did without you. Imagine what it can do with you in our program. Yeah. So now you got Princely Mian Mielin coming in. You got Walter Nolan. Uh, Jake was pointing this out the other day. It's it's really though also about the guys that are returning. The 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 yes. Judkins, Trey Harris, the Jackson Darts. What did you think of Jackson Dart's play yesterday? Uh, I thought it was awesome. I don't yeah. know how I missed this. It's probably on me, but I never knew he did that eye black for Anakin Skywalker. So oh, obviously big now, fan I, now. Yeah, so obviously now Dart's gone up multiple levels in my book. Shout out. But um, and he looks like Anakin, like he has the fucking yeah. hair and the facial structure, actually. Um, what did you think about Dart? Like quarterback. I love Dart. I love Dart. I love Dart. No, but no, I'm just saying it like, like 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 I'm saying, did you learn anything new yesterday? No, 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 no. He he's okay. he's the same guy that I saw two years ago. And obviously the consistency wasn't there two years ago, but you could just tell by watching, like, man, this kid's got it, which is still one of the things that like you know, I talked to you about this of the head scratcher of why did you bring Sanders in this offseason when you do have this raw talent kid, you know, highly recruited to USC, it transferred mm -hmm. over, has the arm, has the accuracy, has the athleticism to kind of get in and outside the pocket and and and, and be a weapon with with his legs. I, I, I think to me the confidence is is what you saw yesterday. Penn State yeah. was what the number one Very defense in confident. the country. Yeah. Number one defense in the country, and he shredded them, shredded them. Again, Aaron Murray told you all year long that Penn State was a paper lion. And, uh, mm. well, look, he ended up being exactly right. Um, I'll, 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 and to flip it to Penn State, James Franklin just murders OCs, murders quarterbacks. Yeah. Like Happy Valley, it's it's the elephant graveyard of offensive coordinators. You can, I can, it's exactly what we said earlier in the year. You can still see it. Drew Aller is fucking terrified of yeah. making a mistake, and then and then the one time he finally <laughs> tries to pull it, he hesies, which ends up costing him. And then he throws like one of the nastiest, ugliest picks ever. Now I know the ball got hit, but like, but 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 he just he, he showed me some athleticism yesterday, though. Though like, I didn't know he was like that athletic. There were a couple times where he pulled it, and I was like, okay. And a couple throws he made where you can see like the young quarterback is gaining a little confidence himself, but. It's it's going to be an interesting offseason for Penn State because Penn State felt like they were finally going to take that next step this year. Like they were going to beat Michigan or, or Ohio State, like one of them. Like they were going to get, they were going to split that game. You didn't. You kind of fell into what I thought they were all year, just a, a, a really a, a good team that benefited from a bad conference where there's only three good, really good teams there. And obviously the two teams ahead of you have, have a significant gap. Well, now you 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 bring in Washington, you bring in Oregon, you bring in USC, you bring in UCLA. Like Penn State missed their window. 
they missed their window. I don't. I don't yeah. know if they go. I don't know if they go up from here. I mean, I just I don't, don't know if they know. say the same either. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we're talking about like How the same you, ten win team again. Well, the problem is, what does Penn State need? Uh, weapons, right? Yeah. How do you sell a weapon on going to Penn State? James Franklin now has a huge sample size of just churning out shit offense. And it's weird. It's well, I say shit offense. It's more nuanced. Cause remember they like led the big 10 and were top 10 in the country in scoring yeah. for much of the year. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 but, but, but it's actually not a very dynamic or dangerous offense. It's, it's a classic less miles situation where, yeah, they're just better than the majority of the teams in their schedule. So they can lean, lean, lean and break through. But if they ever cut, if they ever have to square up with someone who is their own size, they have no skill and, and they can't be honest too. It's not like, it's not like Ole Miss is, excuse me. It's not like Ole Miss had this dominant defense this year. No, like that's no. like, like that was that was extremely telling that Ole Miss, who is is I mean that's been their crux and then then it's proved there's no doubt about it. like the defense is better this year than they've been, but it ain't like this this almighty Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia defense that you just ran into yesterday, and I know you're missing one of your offensive tackles, but other than that, like you had the majority of your offense and you still couldn't really produce. And and it's not that James Franklin's bad because it's hard to win 10 games every single year. But, like, this was a bowl between two head coaches that needed to prove that they could break through to the next level. Um, Lane has now – Lane never had a signature win before. He has two now, right? Yeah. I would say beating LSU was, uh, was, was kind of one earlier this year, but then this is a big one. Top 10 yes. win, big bowl game. Uh, traditional power, you know, a team that's what lost like four games in the Big Ten in the last two years. Uh, so Lane got that signature win. James Franklin still searching, still yeah. searching. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ole Miss looks awesome. And if you're, I, 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 there has never been a better time in Ole Miss history post integration to be an Ole Miss football fan. As, uh, yeah, they look like they're going to be awesome next year. All right. Um, we still got to talk Ohio State Mizzou. Keep this SEC hey. Big Ten train rolling. Little Maryland. All the yeah. Before we before we hit the uh, the, the the next segment here, uh, those in the chat appreciate everyone jumping on on a early Sunday morning. Happy beginning of the new year. Uh, uh, close to twelve k. Like actually like, happy end of, end of the current year. It's not really the yeah, beginning of the, of the new year. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Whatever. You think it was worth me interrupting you to to, to correct you there? Yeah, hit, hit the so. thumbs up button. I'm very glad. Hit the thumbs up button. Yeah, hit, hit the thumbs, thumbs up button. Oh shit, we got a lot of people watching. Nice, we do. <laughs> we do. Hell yeah, y'all. Welcome, welcome. I hope you're all having great days. What's everybody doing today? Um, all right, let's go. Let's hear from our friends at DraftKings in Ohio State, Missouri. It's parade time in Pasadena. Where tradition meets college football action in one epic bowl game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make every play count. New customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on college football. So if you think this is where Michigan and Jim Harbaugh finally break through, or you think the song remains the same and the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban lift the trophy once again, either way, you play on DraftKings. So download the app now. Use the code TBOB, T-B-O-B, and new customers score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, 
Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How about Mizzou, dude? The SEC Big Ten Invitational continues. This time, it's Ryan Day in Ohio State against Eli Drinkwitz in Mizzou. And granted, Ohio State, um, no Kyle McCord. I mean, they, they, they had a starting quarterback wearing number 33. It's uh, yeah. it's always a bit of a red Well, then he flag. got hurt, too. He got hurt, yeah. too. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. But well, that was kind of a bummer, though, because I was really loving the fact that there was a quarterback wearing 33. Yeah. But um, defensive battle here. Uh, credit to the Buckeye defense, right? And and and, it, and it's a mixed bag, so I don't have a great take here. But at the time, I was kind of like being like, you know, I had a lot of SEC fans tell me that all these Big Ten defenses were just pumped up by playing shitty offense. But like Mizzou scored on everyone, and Ohio State shut them down. Um, yeah. It's just that Ohio State's <laughs> offense could not do shit. Blake Baker's uh, Missouri Tiger defense was dominant. And then that Mizzou offense just found a way to lean, 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 lean. And then finally breakthrough at the uh, at the end of the game yeah I mean it was it was Ohio State was playing without their star receiver their other third string quarterback they were just trying not to make a mistake like there was yeah. they, I, I don't I don't think I saw a pass down the field to maybe midway through the third quarter it was run the football uh they did but you know a decent amount of wildcat offense to try to try to mix it up a little bit and it was just like let's just sit, let's survive and and let's let our defense see if they can maybe get a turnover uh, or yeah. give us a good field position, then maybe we can capitalize with a, with a, with the point. I don't think either team felt like they were going to run away with it. I think both teams were just kind of feeling like essentially it was a twelve round heavyweight boxing match where someone was just waiting for someone else to screw up, and Missouri finally was able to capitalize with a big explosive pass play down the field, and and then punched in for a touchdown after that. So I thought both defenses looked great. 
I thought both yeah. defenses looked tremendous. Yeah, they tackled well. I thought the second and third levels for both defenses tackled extremely well. They look fast. They look physical. It was a good game. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't like, oh my God. It was a defensive struggle. And credit to Missouri. Like they didn't have the big mistake and they made the big pass play in the second half in the fourth quarter that got them in the red zone to, to eventually, you know, punch through to get Which, the touchdown. To be honest, I think Mizzou should have been the favorite here. I get why they yeah. were, but oh, they yeah. They had way more to play for. They wanted to be there more. They had Brady Cook. They had Luther Bird. They had Cody Schrader. Like they had their guys. So, um, do you view? Do you, not, do you view? Do you view? Do you? Because I know there's a lot of Ryan Day hate right now. Yeah. Do you view? Do you view this Ohio State situation at all similar to Florida State? Um. Wait. In which way? What do you mean? Oh, like in culture? the way of like not culture. I'm just talking about like the the way they lost. And I guess you could throw culture in there a little bit too, but like, is there any similarity in your mind from what happened with Florida State to what happened with Ohio State? Because I mean, listen, they were playing with a, a shell of what they've had this entire season. Nah, I mean, the, the, but but again, the, the the Florida State is even more extreme. Look, Ohio State could have won this game, right? You yeah. you could play you could play that FSU Georgia game one thousand times. And I struggle to answer that I could even find one scenario. Like, we might need to get the Infinity Stones here together and run through all the different realities. That might be the only way to find the one in which Florida State would have beaten that Georgia team yesterday. Like, Ohio State, you play this game 10 times. Ohio State wins us four, maybe. Maybe yeah. three. Yeah. Like, like so I, I don't know. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a mixture. A couple of things. Like, Missouri, like, people just don't want to give them credit. Like, that's a damn good football team. Yeah, that's a team that, like, if if it was a twelve team playoff and Missouri's in it, that's a team that I I don't want to play. No, you look at their losses no. this year; like they they had Georgia on the ropes before like that weird interception, and they had a chance to drive the ball no. down the field to maybe maybe have that game. Like they were in it in Athens, and they've been kind of besides Alabama being Georgia, the only team that has really given Georgia issues over the past two years. That's a really good offense with with maybe one of the best running backs in the SEC and one of the best running backs in the season this year, Cody Schrader. Great talent the receiving position. You have a, a quarterback that I thought yesterday, you know, or two days ago, showed off his legs a little bit. Like Brady Cook's ability to run was one of the big factors why they won that game versus Ohio State. Then a defense that's really good at all three levels. Like that's a damn good football team. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be damn good next year. I mean, they're adding yeah. talent, they're returning players. They lose Schrader, but they add Marcus Carroll. Like, yeah. Mizzou they bring really back, they bring back uh Luther Burden, they bring back Brady Cook. Yeah. Um, a lot of similarities to Ole Miss. Uh, two teams that, I mean, I, it's impossible. It is impossible not to think about the little finger quote from Game of Thrones when I look at the rise of Ole Miss and, and, and Mizzou, where he says chaos is a ladder, right? And basically, if you are someone that in the social hierarchy that's been developed over hundreds, like if you are someone that has traditionally struggled to break through, well, all of a sudden in chaos, there lies the opportunity and Drinkwitz and, and Kiffin have taken full advantage. And now it's crazy because both guys are just good this year, but both guys yeah. feel like it's sustainable, uh, mm -hmm. at least through this quarterback, right? For Kiffin, you got to feel better. Um, the fact that he's done it with now Matt Corral and Jackson Dart. Now it's up to once you get past Brady Cook, and that's in the far flung future, but can like drink which it's the same thing you want to see out of Washington with Kalen DeBoer next year. Like I know Kalen yeah. DeBoer's a dog. Like I know he's gonna have he's gonna put together a good he will never put together a bad football team. But will they be competing for championships between multiple quarterbacks? That's what I gotta see. Um well well, I, let me last, last thought real quick. On, on well, I want to talk about Missouri, Ryan. I want to talk about, well, I want to talk about, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to, just before we move on to Ryan Day, this was, we talked about at the beginning of the season, like there was a, there was a couple teams in the SEC that had to make a statement this year because like you said, like they had to ride that momentum into this new wave, a new era of college football. Like you couldn't fall behind if you weren't a big brand. Ole Miss was one of them mm -hmm. and Missouri was another one. I kind of had Kentucky in there as well. But like two of those teams were on display <laughs> yesterday, and and obviously Kentucky had the 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 rough loss to Clemson, and kind of you know they're in, in limbo right now. What these you two teams? Kentucky didn't beat a team with a winning record. Are you sure, dude? I know I it's crazy, but but like this was a huge year for 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 Eli. I mean, six and seven last year. If they would have pulled off a seven and five season this year with Texas and Oklahoma, you know, two teams that are similar geographic to where you recruit to. <laughs> 
this new era of the SEC, like that would have been bad. Like now all of a sudden he's built momentum. He's got another five-star high school kid. They've hit the portal really well. Like he has utilized this season to to build something that I do believe is sustainable. Is it a 10-win team every year? I don't I want to go that far, but is it a team that's going to be hovering between eight to ten wins year for the next three or four years? Possibly. And I think Lane's done the same thing at Ole Miss and has capitalized on the success of this year to really hit the high school and portal to 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 allow to lengthen this run for another couple of years. Um uh so okay, here's my deal with Ryan Day. Uh, did his stock take a hit this year? Absolutely. Um, and there is a cruel irony that they finally had a tough and actually badass defense this year in yeah. a year in which the offense just sucked. Like if you combined a lot of the, like the previous five or six Ohio state offenses with this Ohio state defense, I think you probably win a national championship. I mean, that's the other part about this. Remember Ryan day He's one year removed from being one play away from essentially yeah. winning a natty. And so I don't want to go. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to go. Like, I, I feel like we've gone too far in the Ryan day sucks. I think it was a rough year. It doesn't suck. Uh, I'm going to give him the bit of the doubt. It is kind of funny as Emil points out that his now career losses there are to uh, Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Mizzou. Mizzou breaking through, uh, but no, I think. Look, I wait well, because it's funny. It's funny, like the, the one thing they were missing is for 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 years now has been a defense, and they finally had that. Yeah, but the one, the one thing they've Robert. always had, but the one thing they've always had has been a quarterback, and that's been that was the one thing that held them back from being the best. I I told you this a bit. I felt Ohio State may have had the best roster in America this year because of the defense, because of the offensive talent, you know, Henderson and the receivers, but they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, the the one thing that you have built your program well, around was the quarterback spot, and you didn't have the defense. Well, you had the defense this year, but finally, you, this was a, you didn't have the quarterback, and uh, just and just and, and to be fair, it's it's the quarterback to a standard that is unlike anywhere else in the country. In that, like, if you put uh, if you were to put Kyle McCord and his stats on Nebraska, they would have static. They probably yeah, but those stats, those stats were because of who he had at receiver and what the oh, offense. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, I, I don't want to be misconstrued here. All I'm there's saying a reason is like, why he's going to Syracuse, T. Bob. There's oh, no, a reason no, why know, he's going I to know. Syracuse. I, all I'm saying is, it's not like McCord's awful, like 24 touchdowns, six picks. You're like that's pretty good. But you, what you got to understand is, last year Stroud threw 41. C threw 44 the year before that. Justin Fields threw 41. Dwayne Haskins threw 50. Like we're used to, we're used to Ohio State quarterbacks just tripping and stumbling into forty to fifty touchdowns. So yeah. it was a, we're talking about a fifty percent decrease in production from yeah. that position, and that's well, not going to be how you get over Michigan or or win and, win the Natty. Yeah, and Taylor Russell said it well too. Ohio State an average O line this season, and I think it was on full display versus Missouri. Like Missouri, the amount of times that I saw a free yeah, rusher off the edge. Too. We're like they they just and then it, it could it, it, you put that on the quarterback a little bit too and you're you're playing young young inexperienced quarterback turn your third string quarterback at one point in the game for actually for the majority of the game like the, you put that on them to redeclare the Mike linebacker to put the offense line in a situation to block guys and I mean I I, I could I can't even count on two hands probably you know, more than that the amount of times Missouri had a free rusher in the quarterback's face because of lack of communication with the offensive line. You know, they had some success in the outside running game, but really not downhill consistently. So, like, yeah, like the offense line was average, but I still think the major glaring weakness was the quarterback spot. McCord was not good enough on a on a really good football team to push them through to 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 put them in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and and but but that thing, I'll bet on Ryan Day. Oh yeah. To figure it out at quarterback. Like Whoa. I'm not like I'm not I'm not bailing. But does it concern you at all that he hasn't gotten anyone in the portal? With what we saw from the quarterbacks in that game, because like that to me is a worry. Because mm, I feel like he felt point. like he was pretty confident that like it is a good point. I mean, they, I know they are in the running for for what's his name from Oregon State, and it doesn't look like he's going there. Maybe that changes like DJU, after you, but DJU wouldn't make me feel like no. Oh my god, they're going to be awesome now either. I'm just saying, watching those two guys, 
and knowing that 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 McCord was the starting quarterback because those other guys couldn't beat him out, and you're not going to hit the portal, does not give me confidence that Ohio State is going to be a contender next year. So here we've talked about two big games, SEC, Big Ten, and then there was a third, Maryland, Auburn. Uh, Maryland carrying the Big Ten on its back. I'm mm. pissed. I had Maryland winning this, and somebody told me Talia wasn't playing. I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll roll with Auburn. Mm. How the fuck this Auburn team had Alabama won? I, I just, it, I, I do not know. It truly is the darkest of Jordan Hare Taliban magic because this Auburn team looks like shit when they look bad. Uh, I mean, the New Mexico State game, now a Maryland team. And credit to Maryland. It's a big win. This is great for Locks and Company. But uh, I don't have much to say here except that I want to, like, you can be thoughts that you have on the game and, and, what, and if you wanted to get, like, grades and Hugh Freeze in year one. But um, I want to more look at what did we learn SEC Big Ten over this weekend and then does it apply to these games coming up tomorrow? Well, I think what we the same thing we just talked about with Ohio State right. from the quarterback spot, like, Auburn needs to go hit the portal and hit a quarterback. Like you got two receivers, uh, the highest ranks, two five-star receivers. You need to get a quarterback. Like, like I know there's a lot of excitement about holding and uh, uh, Gurner um, as a possible guy for next year. Maybe did not look great in the game. Obviously, you know what you're going to get from Payne Thorne. It's nothing electric. I think they. Like, I, I just. I. I. I have the fear. That for the second straight year, Hugh Freeze is going to wait to the second round of the portal to get a quarterback, and it's going to be too late at that point because they have everything else. Like you have the money to go get a top tier quarterback. You have now gone out there and gotten some talent through the portal at the receiving position. You're in the SEC. You should be able to be a little bit more competitive when it comes to bringing in a better quarterback. And he's kind of refusing to do that once again this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's odd. Now that you mention it, it's like, in my head, I had Auburn as already getting a big-time quarterback transfer or five-star so signee, but that actually hasn't happened yet, has it? No, no. Oh, weird. Very weird. Very, very odd. Uh, yeah, Hugh's going to have to figure that out. Dude, go get uh, go get Bo Nix. Hmm? Bring him back. Does he have any eligibility left? You could probably. probably challenge the NCAA at this point, just get eligibility because they can't stop shit anymore legally. Um, yeah, I agree with I agree with Kyung Yoon. Those five star receivers don't mean nothing without a QB. No. Um so uh look in terms of grades for Hugh Freeze year one. Uh I I you know you can give him any grades. I would not I would not C. give him a I would I'd give him a D. Uh he made but, it to a bowl but, game. Give him a passing grade. But okay, fine. See, see my. But it's say what I don't care. What, what I'm saying is I don't give a shit. Year one is a wash. Was always yeah. going to be a wash. The more impressive thing, as we've talked about in previous shows, is that he has everybody moving in the same direction. There, he's got the insanity uh, circus that are the Auburn boosters and culture all actually rowing together for it. Now it'll have to be good next year because if you don't. Then all of a sudden, those boosters and everything, they ain't going to want to listen to you. They ain't going to want to do what you're telling them to do. So, like, he's going to have to do better next year on the field. But I give him, I give him, um, I think this year's just kind of a wash. It is what it is. But New Mexico State's an awful loss and kind of getting smoked by Maryland isn't great here either. Like, you, that, that game should have meant something to you. Yeah. Um, all right. So, did all of this action change your takes? on tomorrow's game. Obviously, Washington, Texas, none of this weekend really meant anything to me. But when it comes to Alabama, Michigan, I'll be damned if this didn't kind of push me more Alabama's way. Just what? watching just watching oh. Ole Miss beat up on Pitt yeah. State like they did. And I know that's not a really great representation of Ohio State, but still watching Mizzou, what they did. Against I thought you were going to go the other State. way with Auburn getting blown out by Maryland of like, once again, like, oh my God, this was an Alabama team that almost lost and should have lost to Auburn. That's and, a, no, see, but that's valid. That's, yeah. that's the, that's the, I know. that's again, like I said the other day, the, the, the circle I can't square <laughs> is that kind of shit right there. Yeah. That this Alabama team at times this year is just kind of pissed down its leg. But then you know an, an Alabama team has never pissed down its leg when it really matters. So, yeah, high enlightened rogue. Appreciate you jumping in the chat with us today. Um, enlightened rogue, are you a D and D fan? Welcome. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, he was talking shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Get, I, no, let's read it. He says, Aaron, you should be banned from having an opinion for college football. You're the most biased knucklehead opinion on YouTube. Get a real job. Yes. This is a I real job. Get a fucking a job, nerd. I need you to go like hang some sheetrock or something, you little bitch. Know, go go know, do some manly stuff. Go drive it's a tractor, noise. Aaron. <laughs> no. Be a workman. No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, final thoughts on that. Like, yeah, like I, I do think that there is a, a significant difference at the top in the SEC and the Big Ten. Like, I think we've, I think we've, we've seen that. It, it's not the all the SEC because I know people are, oh, look at these other games. Like, I'm talking about the top oh, of the yeah, top, yeah, SEC, top, top, yeah. Big Ten, top. We thought we're pretty equal with Ohio State and Michigan and then obviously Georgia and, and Alabama. And I, I think we're seeing that, like, no, no, no. Like, that ceiling for the SEC is, is, is higher. So it should give Alabama fans a little bit more confidence heading into tomorrow's game. Um, I agree. I, I I agree. And even then, I mean, again, like we talked about with Colin Wilson the other day and everything else, if this was just the two teams on paper, I would take Michigan. I just can't do it because the Nick Saban factor. So, and and I'm feeling yeah. very good. So I ended up winning so, it's a couple. The only two baits I plus uh, bets I placed this weekend ended up working out quite well. I don't miss one, and then Mizzou money line. I am feeling some Washington money line. Like mm. fucking fuck, fuck, fuck the points, dude. If you're gonna bet it, do, go just. I, I think the Huskies it's not are gonna that win, close. It is not that close. Where you just say f it. I'm putting money on on. Washington with the points, but like a four point spread, not a just fuck it. Let me put money line on it. Yeah, it is because they're going to win. Okay, the better team. Just put it on it. Yeah, put it on it. I'm I'm just trying to make make. I'll put it on the cover. Dude. I'll put them on the cover, but I'm not going to go as far as why risk the the money line. But okay, the only thing that makes me feel better about Michigan is I did love all of Harbaugh's religious takes yesterday. Then he said Jesus would be a five star. Which led like ton of great jokes. Like somebody was like, "No, Jesus be a walk on water." Um, I saw another one from Spencer Hall where he was like, "Nah, pass on Jesus. He didn't. He won't pan out till he's 30. <laughs> he's, he's like the Brandon <laughs> Whedon of college football. Um, uh, just class. If you haven't seen, God, there's another Harbaugh quote that I'm missing that was excellent. But um, either way. Jim Harbaugh was in fine form at uh, Media Days yesterday. Uh, Go Ducks says Jesus was 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, but he was fast, man. I'm telling yeah. you, put Jesus in the slot. Where do you think Bill Belichick learned it all? <laughs> you should have seen him in those sandals, dog. He was he was, he was was breaking sandals left and right. Um, yeah, I th- okay. So I think, I think Michigan and Washington, or excuse me, I think Alabama and Washington wins, though my heart I would love it if we ended up with Michigan, Washington, shut out the SEC completely. Mm. I think regardless of what we're going to, we're going to get a good, we're going to get two good games. We're going to get a good natty, whatever the combination is going to be. I think this is by far the best year we're going to have of a 14 playoff. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, Jesus could turn double coverage into open post. <laughs> okay, that's actually, oh, I like that quite a bit. Um, Alvo Mars wanted to think Kate didn't. Great stuff, guys. Just subbed. Hell yeah, we'd love all of you to sub. We're trying to hit 12 5 by the natty. I think we might have topped even maybe 700 live at times today. Thank you all so much. It's yeah. awesome. We love you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, one more here. This one's definitely the most. Sacrilegious. To be clear, I love church. You know, wow. It's, I love wow. it. Dobby says wow. Jesus would nail the. <laughs> Jesus would nail those crossing routes. <laughs> Think about this, guys. If God invented humor, then He can laugh at everything, right? Okay, just say, uh, chill, dude, chill. Uh, Michael Newton. Hey guys, I just watched your Georgia FSU statement. Thank you for telling the truth. The big four of college football is turning into professional business. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's being professionalized, which isn't the worst thing. Like, it's going to lead to a better product, as you even saw, I think, this season. But you mm-hmm. are going to lose some things that you that you used to um, that you used to like. <laughs> okay. Actually, these jokes are hilarious, but I don't want to offend anybody else. So we're not going to. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to. Half of Aaron. Dobby, Dobby. <laughs> uh, for our new listeners, Aaron is half Catholic, half Jewish. <laughs> so that joke is especially funny. Um, all right. All right. That'll do it. Hey, 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 you know what, guys? It's my favorite joke to make. 
Hey, Aaron, I'll talk to you next year. Okay. I'll talk, talk to you next year. year. Chat, chat. Talk we'll see year. you next year, dude. We'll see you next year. Hey, for real, huge thank you to everybody hanging out this year. We love doing this show, and the only way we get to keep doing it is, you know, y'all watch and listen. So it's the most fun thing that we do. A massive, massive thank you to our wonderful producer Patrick Gunther, um, as well as everybody else uh, who, who, I mean, Chris Tran in the trenches with us constantly. Danny Cardenas, Christian Hunter, Adam Gracia. Our old main producer, EP, Ryan Brumley, shout out. So um, a very, very happy new year to all. Uh, great. Ga- oh, and we're going to be live twice or one time tomorrow? Twice. Twice tomorrow. Twice. So uh, we will be live After each game twice. tomorrow. Yeah. So look forward to that. And um, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. We'll see you for some more snaps. Happy new year. volume if you only have a 401k you're not getting the most for retirement wait what add a Robinhood ira on top then they'll boost it by three percent you can do that and if you transfer in any retirement account you get three percent on top of that is there a limit to the match no limit Robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for Robinhood gold at robinhood.com boost by april 30th subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood financial llc member sipc hi everyone i'm paul anka and i'm skip bronson and what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies you get our way a brand new show from my heart podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.